Yes, I say, 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 about balls. Oh yes, my sir. god. What was that? <laughs> you know the most? I don't know. It, uh, just, it just came to me, you know? Well, we are your hosts. <laughs> I'm Buddha. This is your boy, Dallin, Dallin. Dallin, Dallin. It's Nelson, like a big vaccine full of fake. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Ooh. How are you the oldest but the most obnoxious? <laughs> Biggest child. <laughs> like, real shit. Hey, y'all gonna let me live or y'all gonna let me live? Oh, my gosh. Oh. What's up, y'all boys? Episode 154? Yo. Yeah. We here. Are we? Y'all yeah, I don't know. How y'all living, bitch? Bitch, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up, cup time. You back? You back in school now, Bill? Bit, I'm in school twice, Bill. Times two. Times those, Bill. Yo, stop biting me, cause I got punch in your mouth. But I'm saying, oh man, I'm tired. I ain't gonna lie to y'all, but I'm tired. But uh, Dylan, what's, what's good with you? I'm exhausted. I had a long day. You look like a long day. I do. Hmm. <laughs> But nah, man, it's, it's, how you doing, bro? I'm good, man. I'm good. Living. So, can't complain. That's good. That's good. I'm proud of you, man. I'm proud yep. of you. I just wanted to say, too, like, we're going to put this on our social media, but I'm proud of you, too, for what you said on the Rich Eisen show. Shout out to you. Oh, yeah. Uh, I appreciate talk. you, bro. I just listened to that before getting on. No, you did You did your thing, dog. That was, that was very heartfelt and... and, and I knew you were being very genuine, dog. Like you were talking about moments I know exactly what you're talking about. So it, it was, yeah, it, was it was, it was, it was, it was, it was good, bro. I know one thing: if 100 percent of white people were like Buddha, this would be a great country. Let's take the world <laughs> and let's I make it a better that. place. I appreciate I'm gonna that. Say, I'm gonna say that one more time because I don't think I was loud enough. If 100 <laughs> percent of white people in America were like Buddha and his dad. Y'all would be a lot better off. This country would be fire. I, I appreciate that, man. Um, but, you know, it's it's been a pretty heavy week. I'm, I'm sure we'll kind of discuss that as the episode goes. But where, where do you guys want to want to start? We always start with wrestling, biz. So what, what else are we going to do, bro? Big facts. All right. So there were two <laughs> pay-per-views this past weekend. Two of them over um, Yep. The NXT uh, TakeOver 30 and SummerSlam. Uh, it was also the debut of WWE Thunderdome. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on the Thunderdome? Um, I think it. They, they still got some kinks they need to work out. I think mm-hmm. it's a good attempt at, you know, trying to make the environment better, I guess. So it, it's got more like 
lights and stuff. So it's like, ooh, like, you know, flashy. But I, I don't, I don't know. I'll say this. The one thing that I like the most out of all of it is the pyro. Mm. That's it. You keep the pyro. You know what I'm saying? You can get rid of everybody else on TV. Reason why I am not too much a fan of it is because I saw it with the NBA first. And watching it in the NBA first and seeing like the fans react, right? Or seeing them do the little wave thing where everybody's kind of doing the same wave motion, that was cool. Mm-hmm. Or having like a celebrity be one of the people that's in there. Like I think one of the Mavericks games, because uh, because Young Curry's playing, Steph was on there at one point. And then for the Clippers game, they had Elgin Baylor on there because, you know, he's he's instrumental in the Clippers being in Los Angeles. And it's cool to see those celebrities on there. You know what I mean? But right. I don't know. I, I just feel like, you know, the people are there. They're more there for kicks and, 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 and giggles. Really. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, you've already had issues where people had, like, porn on there. There was somebody who, like, had some KKK stuff on there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it's it's not it's not hitting the same. I uh, feel... I feel like that stuff's inevitable in any, in any sport. I feel like they gotta just do a good job of, you know, having people in positions to blocking those people out. Um, I do like the Thunderdome. I do. I like what it does, especially for the time that we're in, bringing the lights back out, the pyro out. The reason I will say I don't mind the crowd is because unlike the NBA, the crowd is a very important part of WWE. So it's like it's knowing that they're going to implement crowd noise. It looks a lot better aesthetically pleasing when you have a bunch of heads like you got a bunch of fans just all around the uh, arena because it now makes it feel a lot more real. Um, I, I agree with, you know, the NBA did it first so it doesn't hit as well, but I like for what WWE's fan, like, um, interaction is used, like used to be when it was live shows. I like the, the aspect of having all those heads in there and all those screens. Because then now when you have the crowd noise, it, it kind of matches up. And when you add the lights and the pyro, it almost feels like it was like something that you were watching any other day. Yeah. Um, yeah, honestly, I, I agree with everything you said, Dylan. I think this would be a good opportunity because of, you know, the amount of screens, uh, it's probably hard to monitor all of them. So use this opportunity. You're so close right there to... Full Sail and UCF uses as an opportunity to get some interns, some student interns, and that's their thing. They could just sit at home and they just monitor those particular mm-hmm. screens from home. Easy job. Yeah. Easy job. And and that, and boom, you get you know credit or whatever the case may be. Like use your resources. You know, I, I feel that, and maybe that maybe that'll change it. You know what I'm saying? And and I I feel what you're saying, Dylan. I really do. You you're you're. That's a solid ass point. You know what I mean? The crowd is very important. So maybe maybe it's because I want to see, I guess, a little bit more engagement, I guess, from the fans would be kind of cool. But again, you know, it is it is that first go around with it. So I'm mm-hmm. not gonna, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm not gonna I guess I could I could lighten up a little bit. I could lighten up a little bit. <laughs> they'll make they'll make tweaks as they go. Yeah. Hopefully. 
But um, <laughs> so we'll we'll use this as a a launch pad to the first pay per view of the weekend, which was uh, NXT Takeover Thirty. Um, so after all said and done, I went three and one with the picks. Uh, you guys went two and two. This is bull. Picks. I hate it here. Mm-mm. Um, so. To start things off for the North American Championship, the five-way ladder match, the winner was Damian Priest. Um, so he he finally is about to get a little run here, and they'll they'll see how he does in a championship. I should see that coming. I should see that coming to be honest. You should have, but you didn't. Uh, so that's the one extra that I got right that you guys didn't get. What was the extra uh, that you got right? Say it again. Damian Priest winning the. The North American Championship. Whatever. You guys both, you guys both had Velveteen Dream. Whatever. Um, yes, and speaking of great match, Adam Cole versus Pat McAfee. Oh, Adam Cole boy. defeating Pat McAfee. But wow. Talk about a debut match. Um, I would say not only was Pat McAfee's match the best debut match from a non-wrestler ever, I'd say... I'd, Put it up against some wrestlers' debuts. I'll put it up against some wrestlers' everyday matches. Yeah. Nah, he did. He no, did good. He was quality, bro. And I don't feel like I didn't feel like at any point in time that uh, Cole had to carry the match. Right. No. And that was that was the part that impressed me the most. It's not so much everything that went on with the action. I feel like. They could do whatever they want, you know, and I think Adam Cole is that good of a wrestler to where he could really make him look good, right? Mm-hmm. And it didn't look like that at all. It looked like, you know, McAfee had a good a good ideology of what he wanted to do and how he wanted to do it and they both did really well as far as like telling a story on the in the ring. I thought yeah. it was I thought it was pretty impressive, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It was, uh, you know, the fact that McAfee was selling so well uh, for everything Adam Cole was doing and, you know, Cole was selling for him and the the sheer athleticism that, you know, people didn't really know Pat McAfee had, whether it was the, whether it was the front flip off the top uh, or uh, to the outside where, or the the backflip moonsault landing on his feet from the top rope and then running and doing a vertical jump up to the top rope to do a superplex. Um, no, he snapped. Yeah, he took a Canadian destroyer. Like it's He, he didn't hold back. And from what I hear, uh, after the match, when it went to like the next video package break or whatever, he was like personally looking at all the wrestlers that were in the crowd making up the crowd there and like thanking them and saying he appreciated it like he appreciated that moment and that opportunity and like he wanted to pay his respects to the business so like I fuck with that mm-hmm. and he could do this shit if he wanted to honestly cause he's young he's 33 he's 33 I don't see why not now you're young you could have a whole 10 year career if you wanted yeah no, he could he could definitely jump on there and, and, and really make something of him of himself as far as the wrestlers concerned. Yeah, like 
at the end of the day, <clears throat> I mean, even if you watched him in the NFL, you knew he wasn't your average punter, right? He went in there and he took on blocks and he tackled uh, punt returners. And he, I mean, he was running with them, you know what I'm saying? And if I'm not mistaken, I felt like he played a position. He was just good at punting and kind of put two and two together and was like, well, shit, I can make a hell of a career just kicking the hell out of this football. So, bit fuck it. I do the same thing. I ain't going to lie to you. If I could punt the hell out of a football, oh, yeah. then I'm chilling, bro. You're going to give me this check. <laughs> I'm going to be testing my Jits leg strength. Bro. You understand what I'm saying? So, like, he, I mean, he did, he did his thing, dog. He, de- he definitely did his thing. Like, But I feel like, I don't know if any of us are really shocked by that. I feel like we right. kind of had an ideology that he was going to do well. I think he might have did better than than expected, but I don't yeah. think he thought he was going to be trash. Yeah, I didn't think it was going to be bad, but I wasn't expecting it to be that good. Yeah, he was solid. Yeah, and yeah, I don't, you know, I don't think it's going to be that good. Yeah, and Cole won. Cole won as he should, you know. So that at the end of the day, McAfee looks great in defeat. And the right guy won because Which is also, it's also one of the best in the want. business. Exactly. So, good shit all around. Um, then we had the NXT Women's Championship match. Io Shirai uh, defended her title against Dakota Kai. Uh, good match, but it was kind of wedged between, you know, the McAfee match, which everybody was coming down from, and like the anticipation for the main event. Uh, so. It's kind of a bad spot to be in uh, as far as momentum-wise. Um, but good match. And then the NXT Championship match, Keith Lee uh, versus Karrion Cross, And Karrion Cross defeated Keith Lee to win the title. Um, so in Keith Lee's first takeover title defense, he loses the title. Um, That's tough. So... Yeah, you know, I mean, like it's 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 not. I don't like it. I don't like it either. However, if the plan was for them to call him up, which they did, then that is the way everybody goes out in NXT. Everybody goes out on their back. That's just kind of rules of the land. That's how it's always been. You do what you're supposed to do. You go out with a loss to elevate that next person, and then. You know, you start your ascent elsewhere. So I get what they did in that perspective. I just would have liked to see Keith Lee in NXT a little longer and have a bit of a run. But right. they called him up, and I guess I'll mention in that, you know, he debuted on Raw with new theme music, which was not good. Oh man, y'all missing them all. Already, already they're missing them up. It was bad. I mean, it's definitely creator wrestler music. It's definitely car music. Oh. And it's, it's not even that, like, it's the initial one that they just start you with before you go in and change it to any of their other defaults. It's like the primary default. Yeah. It's not, it's not a good look. Not and I mean, he's taking it on the chin as a professional. Like, he tweeted about it and he said, don't worry about it. It'll be handled. So, I mean, the fact that he's tweeting about issues revolving around him, that's a good look. Yeah. So that. hopefully, I mean, they'll change it. I, I guess you can't go back to the other music, but if it, because there's like some kind of uh, production issue with the producer of that song, because he's a different 
person than the main person they use for their other songs. And I guess because he's moving from one entity to another entity, being from NXT to Raw, I don't know. I don't fucking know. That's just a speculation right now from what people are saying. I feel you. I'm just. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, that shit. That's why shit doesn't make sense to anybody. But there's nothing we can do about it. I mean, it is what it is at this point. But hopefully, they can just find something else that more suits his character. Um, yeah. I hate it here. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, so Karrion Cross wins the NXT Championship and gets hurt. Um, in that match. No, sorry, everybody. Nels was flashing something in front of the camera. Um, but yeah, Don't so Karrion Cross, Cross got hurt. Um, and it, he separated his shoulder in the match. And, and like, finished he, that hole. And you saw him, yeah, he popped it back in and finished it. And because of that, he tore something. Uh, I don't know if it was his labrum or rotator cuff or something along those lines right. but uh yeah so he's gonna miss some serious time and uh it's un- it's unfortunate yo it's like a curse because isn't that what happened to freaking uh finn balor his shoulder got messed up too yeah exactly Damn, so like you're winning these championships and then just clearing it right so what's interesting though now is because of this he had to relinquish the title on nxt and William Regal, who's the GM of NXT, came out and he announced that the new NXT champion was going to be decided next week on NXT on a special Tuesday night NXT. It's going to be a, uh, a fatal four-way 60-minute Iron Man match, which has never been done in the history of WWE. Uh, you know, usually it's just... One versus one, but it's a fatal four-way, sixty-minute Iron Man match with four former NXT champions: Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa versus Adam Cole versus Finn Balor. Nice. What a match! That match is gonna be ridiculous. Mm -hmm. It's a a it's a safe bet. Like it's. It's a great. That's a great match. That's I'm a great super match. excited for this match. This could be match of the year when all said and done. Possibly. Yeah. Definitely looking forward to that shit. Definitely looking. Forward Why to you said possibly? Definitely. I mean, we're gonna see. <laughs> we're gonna see. It's not gonna be better than the greatest wrestling match ever. Oh, it's definitely gonna be better than that. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to SummerSlam. Let's do now, it. I think you'll like these results a lot more You're because right. you won the picks. Get out of here. I love it here. Bro, you went seven and one. I freaking love it here. I'm telling you, SummerSlam is my event, bro. I came in second with five and three. I love it here. And Dylan went four and four. Let's just stay here forever. Damn. 
So, <laughs> uh, the first match was supposed to be a hair versus hair match between Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose. However, um, I guess because of the incident that happened a little bit over a week ago where someone tried to kidnap uh, Sonya Deville from her home. Uh, and like the cops caught them there, like it was a really kind of scary situation. I guess the her attorneys advised her not to shave her head or do anything kind of crazy, whatever kind of, for whatever legal reasons. Um, so because of that, they had to change things, and they decided to make it a loser leaves WWE match, which. Um, Mandy Rose won, which we all predicted. So Sonya Deville is now gone from WWE. I think this is her taking some time off because of this incident and kind of just needing to be okay before right. she comes back. And then I'm sure they'll find a way to write her in when she's ready. Um, so yeah, so that was that match. Um, but hopefully, you know, everything's going to be good with her because she is really good in the ring and her character's actually starting to develop. So I fucks, I fucks with Sonya. Agreed. Yeah, uh, happy everything, you know, worked out the way that it needed to mm-hmm. and it didn't end in a, in a crazy situation. Um, right. You know, you never wish that on anybody. And I mean, those things happen. That's that's one of the things that happens with you when you start, you know, getting a little bit more famous. You know, some people tend to pull through on... on, on some of the things that they want to do, you know, just lucky for her, it worked out in her favor. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, it's crazy though. If you really think about it, that's nuts. Yeah, man. Um, so, the United States Championship match, uh, Apollo Crews retained his title against uh, MVP. Uh, Dylan and I got that wrong. Nels, congratulations. You're, I'm out chill cuff over me, yeah. The Raw Tag Team Championships, the Street Profits defended their titles against uh, Andrade and Angel Garza uh, and won. So Dylan and I got that wrong. Nels, congratulations, you got that right. You're, I'm out chill, you know what I'm saying? Follow me that one time, yeah. <laughs> Uh, then we had a sh- the street fight between Seth Rollins and Dominic Mysterio. Um, good debut for Dominic. Uh, I I don't know. I, I guess the surprise factor, I preferred uh, Pat McAfee <laughs> over Dominic. Yeah, easy. Pat easily killed Dominic. Yeah, but that's just... Maybe maybe a lot of that's the shock factor. But, uh, but it was a good debut. Seth Rollins won as he should in this situation. Uh, we all got that right. I mean, okay, so what were your view? How did you feel about that last about the match that we were talking about right now? Like, what was what was some things that you like? Did you think it was a good match? Do you think it was something needed? Um, yeah, it was a good match. The the whole Seth Rollins and you know Rey Mysterio angle's been working <laughs> for a little bit. So like, I guess now that. Ray's re-signed with WWE, they'll start moving away from that a little bit. Right. Because um, I think they were just kind of trying to figure out what Ray's doing before moving forward. So, But now Dominic is a WWE superstar. I don't know if that was just a one-match thing or if he's you know back. I mean, they had a tag team match on Raw, so I guess it's not a one-match thing. But I don't know if he's there full-time now or if it was only for the angle purposes. But 
Right. I don't know. We'll see. But I enjoyed the match. It was entertaining. It was a street fight. It got violent. So I'm good with that. I I was pleasantly surprised with, with Dominic's performance. Um, a little bit more surprised with Seth Rollins in his performance. He looks like he's potentially making that turn to being a wrestler that actually cares about other wrestlers' careers. Um, I'm not trying to take a dig at don't, him because Seth don't, is definitely don't one of my favorites. Don't put that on my dog, man. No, Seth's one of my favorites, but I mean, you, you got to admit, in pay-per-views, he's not really looking out for the well-being of other wrestlers. The only wrestler that he really, like, kind of sort of gave a shit about was Randy Orton, and I think it's because, realistically, Randy was going to put some hands on him if he if he fooled around a little too much. But, I mean, he he did really good in some situations to carry... Dominic in the match like I mean you can tell he's still he might be a little too tall and maybe a little too bulky to do the like the lucha the lucha stuff Mm -hmm. but what was good was while he was transitioning and going like up top and and down low like Seth went with him made it a little cleaner right because he doesn't move as fast and as limber as as his father does you see what I'm saying so slow like a bit yeah, he he he's fluid. I'll give him that. If he if he was not related to Rey Mysterio, <laughs> then it would have been all right. But you naturally you're gonna compare him to Dad. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So you so he's he did well. I'll admit that he did well. Like he he did he his needs thing. his own identity though. You know, I feel he definitely needs his own identity. I feel he will develop his own identity. I think. But give me a new move set too. I think don't, that comes with time. I feel yeah, I, I feel need, as though I don't need 619 being your finisher. Like facts. <laughs> I mean, I feel like, you know, at the end of the day, like that's probably something he wanted to do. You know what I'm saying? Like I I can see a lot of sons wanting to do things that their fathers do. You know what I mean? At least at least in the beginning. So I I feel like if he's actually making this a thing, he can grow out of it. He can grow out of it, create his own little identity. But he did well. I ain't gonna lie, he did well. We shall see. All right. And then up next in our uh, doubleheader of women's championship matches, uh, Bailey successfully defended her title against Asuka. Bailey. With the assistance of one Sasha Banks. Sasha. However, Sasha Banks lost her Raw Women's Championship to Asuka. Listen, Later that night, I'm telling you, I'm when telling you. Bailey attempted to help her, and it didn't work, backfired, so she lost. Further planting seeds, as I said last week, would happen. Um, and then it just has been established that this upcoming Sunday, uh, WWE Payback, that. They will be defending their women's tag team championships. I'll reveal who when we get to those picks in a second. Uh, but I believe they will lose those titles there. And that will further the rift. And yeah, we're, we're working towards this Bailey vs. Sasha program. I'm, I'm telling pumped. you, bro. I'm telling I've you. I've been waiting I, five years for it. <clears throat> I, I just had a, a real innate feeling that Sasha was not going to leave with that belt around her waist. It just It's better for the story for Sasha mm-hmm. to lose hers then Bailey will lose hers because now it kind of gives clearance for Sasha to ride the momentum and for creative to kind of see where the momentum goes 
to see where they're going to place her. Is she going to be that anti-hero? Is she going to be full face? Is she going to be a heel? Because 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 of the way this turned out, the way that it ended, she can go any route. Yeah. She can be somebody she, somebody's going to have to turn yeah, kind of. Yeah. Cuz she's done this and, and the thing is with the two with the two of them, they've done all three very well. They've been the anti-hero. Yeah. They've been the full-fledged face and they've been they've been a heel. So it's kind of like, "All right, now you have more room to gr- to work with." Versus it just being like, oh, we're going down this two-way street. Well, not even two-way street. We're going down this one-way street. It's going to be this way and this way, and that's it. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Um, so if anybody who's listening wants to, like, is wondering why my hype is so, you know, much for, for this rivalry, or why I'm so high for this rivalry. Sorry, I can't speak tonight. Um, go back and watch Bailey versus Sasha Banks, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, uh, in 2015, they tore the house down. That was the first NXT pay-per-view ever outside of the uh, Performance Center, or not Performance Center, uh, outside of Full Sail. So it was the first time in an actual arena for them. And, like, the crowd was electric from bell to bell. Like, you, the story they tell was absolutely incredible. So I would just say anybody should go watch it Uh but moving right along, the WWE Championship match, Drew McIntyre successfully defended his title against Randy Orton. I really wanted Randy to win. That's it. That's all I got to say. I'm done. No, <laughs> I did too, but they're definitely continuing the story uh, considering neither of them got their finisher off in the match. Uh, there was no Claymores. There was no RKOs, no punts, nothing like that. It was a simple backslide. Um, so I'm okay this with that. This is not over. Right. The very next night on Raw, uh, Drew McIntyre got three punts to the head Mm. and now has a skull fracture. Obviously, storyline. And Keith Lee has kind of stepped in in the interim because he's buddy-buddy with Drew McIntyre. And that's going to be... his Randy Orton's going to be his first beef on Raw, it looks like. Um... Randy really likes Keith, too, so that's going to be interesting. Right, exactly. Um, and then the main event, Universal Championship match, Braun Strowman uh, loses his title to The Fiend, as he should. Uh, this match was a Falls Count Anywhere match, which still ended in the ring. Uh, not sure why you even bothered adding that stipulation to it. But, yeah, so The Fiend won, as he should, and then... Roman Reigns makes his valiant return to WWE, spearing the Fiend, spearing uh, Braun, and kind of running off at the mouth. And I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared to say it out loud because I don't want to jinx it. But seems like he maybe be kind of portraying a heel. Um, I hope so. I've been wanting this for a long time. I think a lot of people have been wanting this for a long time. Uh, they're kind of tired of the cheesy, generic Roman Reigns, which is why he was getting booed so much and it was tired. People were tired of him. Um, for him to be this dominant heel, badass, like kind of like a Samoa Joe type heel who's not scared of a fight. I'm gonna just, I'm gonna kill you. Like that's what we need. And it looks like that might be the route they're going, but. I guess 
we'll find out maybe tomorrow on SmackDown or Friday for whenever you're listening to this. Right, only time will tell. Yeah, but uh, we'll see. He's got new white teeth. Very, very white. Super, super-de-duper white. <laughs> yeah, he, he really does. Like It's like, hello, veneers. <laughs> hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so... Uh, that being said, we'll go right into this Sunday's pay-per-view picks. Uh, seven matches. Three of them are what's being speculated, not confirmed yet. They'll probably be confirmed on SmackDown. But just in case, we'll go ahead and get the picks for them. Uh, Big E versus Sheamus. I'm going to go Big E. I'm going Big E as well. Big E. Let's see if they start this push for him. Uh, King Corbin versus Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle. Riddle. Uh. Riddle. Uh, the Intercontinental Championship match. Jeff Hardy defending his newly won title against AJ Styles in a rematch. AJ. AJ, baby. AJ. Um, and then now we're in the card that's actually confirmed here. Uh, the United States Championship match, Apollo Crews defending his title against Bobby Lashley. I think Bobby Lashley gets this title here. I agree with you. I like Lashley on this one yeah, too, my guy. So Lashley. The Women's Tag Team Championships, Bailey and Sasha Banks versus Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. I'm going Nia and Shayna. Yeah, easily. Nia Jackson, Who are they facing again? Bailey and Banks. Bailey and Banks are the champs. I think this is where they lose their titles. Oh, yeah. I easily about to lose that. I think they're about to lose it too, my boy. Just what it seemed to be. All right. Then we have Randy Orton versus Keith Lee. Hmm. Mm, I'm going to go Randy Orton on this one. Yeah, me too. Unless they size that mean or size Randy twice in a row. I'm going Randy Orton as well. I think the only way Keith Lee would win it would be some kind of interference from Drew McIntyre somehow. True. Even though he has a skull fracture, True. And it could be. I know, mean, I whatever. feel I feel as though they're gonna make him look. They're gonna make Keith look really, really good. If Keith ends up winning this match, though, that's that's. I'm not mad at that either. (laughs) That would definitely tell you how much Randy Orton really likes him. Yep, exactly. Exactly. All right. And then the main event, well, I'm speculating this will be a main event, but I don't know why it wouldn't be. Um, A triple threat match for the Universal Championship, no holds barred. I don't know why they even bother saying no holds barred because triple threat matches are no DQ anyway. So, whatever. Um, the Fiend Bray Wyatt versus Braun Strowman versus Roman Reigns. This could be very interesting because no matter what, I see Braun Strowman taking the pin. So it's either going to be the Finn pinning the Fiend pinning him to retain, or Roman Reigns pinning him and winning the title. But the Fiend's not involved in the decision, so the Fiend doesn't necessarily look bad getting the title off of him. I feel that. It's, but which way do I go? 
You better figure it out, bit all. I'm gonna go fiend. Yeah, I'm gonna go fiend on that one. I'm going fiendioso. Do y'all agree Braun Strowman is the one who gets pinned, or do you think Roman gets pinned? Uh, Roman just got back. He gonna get pinned. I think Braun gets pinned. Yeah. We shall see. But that is all for me. For the WWE. I thought bars. Y'all hear them bars? I was about to say, I thought hey. you were going to keep rhyming there, bitch. Hey. hey, shift this segment to the end, bro. Just put me on underrated bars of fame, bro. Yeah. Underrated bars of hood. Um, so, yeah, man. Uh, we're going to transition over to the NFL. We ain't got too, too much to talk about. Just a couple of, of major stories. Your boy Earl Thomas is out of there. Stupid ass boy. <laughs> yes, yeah, he, sir. He out of there. Uh, I um, mean, by now, I think we all know the story. He's just been out and out in practice. He's been missing assignments. He wasn't really feeling the fact that teammates was coming at him in a particular way, so he punched Jit in the mouth. Yep. Clean. Bye, Jit. That's crazy. Fuck. On that, boy. I've been, I just, I t- I've been trying to tell y'all. Y'all didn't want to listen to me, but I, what I told y'all about Earl. What'd you tell us, bro? I told y'all Earl was a... Earl wasn't what? Come on, bro. I don't got to say it, bro. I'm trying to do good. Oh, all right, bet. Um. Uh, <laughs> so where do y'all think... Do y'all think he gets signed soon? Uh, I put a, I put him in, in, in... I feel like yeah, Dallas is on. the only team that will pull the trigger on him. Other than that, I feel like he's going to be chilling. Who gets signed first? Hemorrhage Davian. Mm. I'm not signed. I didn't even know that. Yeah, he's not signed yet. It might be him. I don't know. I feel like the Davian is still driving a high a high price tag, and mm. a lot of the NFL don't feel like he deserves that price tag. Mm. I mean, and I get it. I get it. We shall see. Um, one thing I did want to talk about. Uh, I'm not really going to be doing hard knocks updates like that this year because, you know, the Raiders were on last year. That's kind of really why I did it. Um, <laughs> but but this year, I mean, unless something really stands out to me. And one thing that did stand out to me on this week's episode was the Melvin Ingram situation that was happening uh, with the Chargers that really kind of went under the radar that a lot of people weren't talking about. So, um, you know, he wants a new contract. Joey Bosa just got paid. He performs on the team he wants to get paid too, and he's really he wasn't he was uh, scheduled to make a possible fourteen mil this year, right? Okay. Um, so, but he's he's due for a new contract soon, and instead of holding out, what he decided to do was he was still going to be there. He was going to show up to practice. He just wasn't putting on pads and a helmet. Uh, but he was participating in any drills that didn't involve that. He was coaching up players at the position and stuff. Anywhere the coaches just needed him to be, if they needed him to catch balls from uh, uh, Jared Goff or whoever, he was out there doing that. Or not Jared Goff, uh, Tyrod. Um, he was doing that. I was. I got the other LA team confused, my bad. But, uh, yeah, I was in there like... Yeah, so what they did because they saw that as like, a good gesture and act in good faith, him doing that, they decided, look, we just did Bosa's contract. 
We can't get yours right now, but what we will do, we'll go ahead and just lock in your 14 mil fully guaranteed. So you don't got to worry about it. Fully guaranteed. And he was like, cool, bet. Next day at practice, pads, helmet, full go, uh, jumped up at the line of scrimmage, got a pick six, like, out here. I mean, so. you got to take care of yourself, got to protect your brand, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And, and, he, and that's and an interesting strategy, though, he that did he took. It, but he did it correctly. Yeah. Right? You can still show up to practice and protect your brand. Nothing. You ain't got to do much, but be there, be a teammate, you know what I'm saying? I think it just goes to show you what happens when a player still values the team. Right. Right. Because well, what it all comes cause what it all comes down to is for the players injury protection. Right. I'm not gonna put on pads, I'm not gonna risk getting hurt and then that money gone. Right. Yeah. And and I mean honestly I think Melvin <laughs> just really showed the rubric of how you can measure a player during those times. What are you doing, right? I mean, regardless of the fact that's why like when that whole Ezekiel Elliott situation was happening and I was like, yo, like He's not allowed to be on team premises, but the man was working out every day. Yeah. Like, every day. You know what I'm saying? Not saying other players don't, but we're talking about him. You know what I'm saying? With Melvin Ingram, like, you showed up, bro. Period. So when other players go through that same thing, the question you got to ask yourself is, all right, if he's not showing up, what is really the reasoning here? Right. You know what I'm saying? Are you really invested in the team? Do you have faith that we're going to give you what you're asking for? Right. Like, are you sure that we're not going to do the best that we can to get you the best top dollar possible? Just just bear with us. It's still a business. You know what I mean? So, yeah. shout out shout out to Ingram for that one. Shout out to him. Shout out to him. I mean, so, you know, I, I'm kind of not wanting to segue to NBA too quickly. But as I'm making the effort to get there... I got to ask you guys, with everything that's going on, the NFL is kind of silent, which, I mean, it's not their time to say anything. But the question I got to ask is, with the current atmosphere, do you guys want more from the NFL? Do you feel like the NFL should be saying something right now in, in, the, in the context of, you know, social justice and, and, and what's been going on in Wisconsin? Yeah, I mean, of course we want them to, but they won't. And the biggest reason is, and it's the biggest reason why the NBA is so much better right now is because the NFL is an owner-driven league. The NBA is a player-driven league. Mm-hmm. That's, that's going to be the biggest difference at the end of the day. <coughs> Owners don't give a fuck about what's going on. Right. Not even a little bit. So, Dylan, what are your, what are your viewpoints? I mean, same thing, really. I, uh, they're not going to say nothing. Like, what are they going to say? And even if they were to say anything, nobody's going to really care about it because it's not going to seem genuine. Like, they could just stay quiet, to be honest. I agree. <laughs> I mean, I feel, like, I feel like players are saying more, right? Like, Cam Newton says something about it. Yeah. Uh, the Titans had a message. Tannehill was one of the main ones to speak. Uh, who's another team? The Ravens flat out talked about not just Blake, but also uh, Breonna Taylor. Um, so you have you have multiple teams that didn't even show up for practice. Mm-hmm. Um, the NFL Players Association did say something. Um, I can read that for y'all real quick. Y'all can tell me what y'all think. 
Um, but the NFLPA said the NFL community is united more than ever to support one another in these challenging times. We share anger and frustration most recently as a result of the shooting of Jacob Blake. While our passions continue to run high, we are proud that our players and clubs, league and union, are taking time to have the difficult conversations about these issues that affect the black community and other communities of color in America. We are especially encouraged that these conversations are about how we can come together to make the necessary and long overdue changes in our country. We will continue to not only use our collective platform to call out racism and injustice whenever and wherever it occurs in our country, but also to fight together to eradicate it. Thoughts? Mm. <sighs> I feel like the Players Association is cool, but it's not the owners. It's not the league. You know what I'm saying? Um, the Chargers, they had a thing in their new stadium where it said something to the extent of, I'm not sad. I don't want your pity. I want change. And then it said enough. So that was that was cool. Broncos had something to say. Uh, let's see. Now, the, here's the thing. The teams that did decide to practice, though, were the Cowboys, Patriots, Bucks, Steelers, Ravens, Jags, Giants, Rams, and Saints. However, some of those teams, you know, their players had something to say. Norris Jenkins had, well, every player on the Saints had Jacob Blake's name written on their helmet. So. Hey, they got a nice little beefed up secondary, not going to lie. I know it's off topic, but. I noticed that today when I was reading about that. I was like, damn, Janoris Jenkins, uh, 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 Lattimore. Malcolm Jenkins. Uh, yeah, Malcolm Jenkins, uh, Malcolm Jenkins is there too. Yeah. Yeah, Marshawn Lattimore is there. Like, sorry. Yeah, they're pretty, yeah that's going to be pretty solid. You're right, yeah. though. You're right. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting to see, to see what happens, man. You know what I mean? Major League Baseball, some games got rescheduled. I mean, their commissioner doesn't get it. You know what I mean? I just, I don't know, bruh. I don't know. It, it's something different. Something different. Uh, I think when it comes to the NFL, we want to see a little bit more. Uh, you have more black players than any other league in the, in, the, in the country. And, you know, I think it's about time to start accommodating them. Right. I mean, that's ultimately what it is, you know. And when you have players who are like, you know, supposed legends in your game saying the recklessness that, you know, Brian Urlacher said. I mean, it's unbelievable. Um, did you hear about it, Dylan? What happened? Did you hear about what Brian Urlacher said? No, I didn't. Oh, bet. I talked to, to Buddha about it earlier today. So he tweeted, even though the tweet got deleted, but he tweeted... Brett Favre played the Monday night football game the day his dad died, threw four touchdowns in the first half, and was a legend for playing in the face of adversity. NBA players boycott the playoffs because a dude reaching for a knife wanted on a felony sexual assault warrant was shot by the police. Fuck him. Facts. Fuck him. That's what I'm saying. Like, these are... This is where the things, you know, get weighed out. You know, the Bears, of course, said the social media posts in no way reflect the values or opinions of the Chicago Bears organization. But what I'm trying to say with all these things is like team level. Where Where is ownership? Where is the commissioner? Where is the NFL front office? 
You know what I mean? What decisions is being made realistically in this in this scenario? You know what I mean? Like, if you weren't going to say anything before, you got to say something now because your Hall of Famer is fuck what whatever he had warrant knife whatever fuck color for a second for just a second because we're gonna get back to that it's still a human being that got shot in his back right I don't care what he had there's a jail for that there's a prison for that if he's wanted on a warrant arrest his stupid ass and put his dumb ass in jail if that's really what it is Right, but he don't, don't need to die that. for that. You got people that did hundreds. There, you got a whole bunch of people that have collectively committed hundreds of murders. They still on death row, been on death row, ain't gone nowhere. Cool in it. This man already got executed for nothing. That's it's nuts. NFL needs to do better. Period. NFL needs to do better. The teams, right, the players, on the team and the players, even the NFL Players Association, I don't feel like y'all have much of a choice. You know, the, y'all are doing all right. But the league, the front office in, in New York, y'all fucking up. Owners, y'all fucking up. And, and the thing is, is like, these players ain't going to boycott. You think an NBA boycott is big? If the NFL was to get up and boycott, that would be a problem. A problem. So Oh easily. That would be a problem. Pussy boys ain't gonna do it. What? It would be a problem. So transitioning, just wanted to say on August twenty sixth, twenty sixteen, Kaepernick took a knee. On August twenty sixth, twenty twenty, the NBA boycotted a playoff game. Well playoff games. So obviously we can see here that August twenty sixth is a day of importance. Moving forward, um, before I get too long-winded, we know that this was one of the main topics we wanted to talk about. Um, you know, was the NBA boycott? Um, you know, I feel that there are things that we do want to say. Um, but before we even get into that, I just really wanted to take time to, you know, just... Uh, You know, recognize the fact that somebody got shot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, somebody got shot. Um, regardless of what the reasoning was, you know what I mean? Like, Jacob Blake looks like he's going to pull through, which to me, I think that's low key a game changer because that's going to be the first time that we're going to have somebody who went through something like that be able to, speak, able to speak and say. What happened? Right? So that that's going to be a very different scenario, to say the least. And I'm praying, and we are praying, that he mm-hmm. pulls through. And, you know, we're hoping that he gets his chance to have his platform to speak. And I pray that he's not permanently paralyzed. Yeah. I, and, and to be honest with you, as that close, the, the, the close pocket it looked like he got shot in, it might not be looking too good. But you know we're we're praying for him, and we're praying. You know miracles do happen. You know what I'm saying. So we'll we'll see we'll see how that goes. Um, but I you know again, not to get too long winded. Your views, your feelings uh, about 
the boycott. I know Dylan, you uh, mentioned something to us earlier about Kyrie, so I hope you you dive into that a little bit. But you know, you guys, the floor is yours. Let me know how y'all feel about you know what the NBA is doing and and not. I mean, not even the NBA per se, but the players themselves, players, coaches, coaching staff, walking out, boycotting, not playing these games. What are your viewpoints on on, on what's going on? Um, I love it. I think it's it's a beautiful thing. Um, I mean, we're living in a country where you got millions of people who love the sport but hate the people playing it. Right. Um, what and kind of shit is that? So, so why do they have to continue to perform for you? Why? You know, like, it, it, it's upsetting that uh, an NBA player can't even tweet that they're tired of this and all they get are comments like, oh, but you're a multimillionaire. Yeah, I'm sure you're dealing with a lot of hardship. And do they not, they don't understand that some of these guys come from these, you know, neighborhoods where people are getting killed or some of them know some of these people that are being killed or, you know, their family does or they live right around the way or something like this. Well, you can even take it a little deeper and I hope sometimes people understand that they're literally athletic ability away from not being multimillionaires. Yeah. Who knows what some of these guys become if they're not athletic. Right. Yeah. 100%. LeBron is LeBron is the most recognized figure right now as far as the NBA is concerned. He already admits he's a little hood kid from Akron. Sports got him to St. Mary's, St. Vincent. I mean St. Vincent, St. Mary's, right? Basketball got him to the number one pick. Basketball got him his shoe deal and his money and, and the business acumen that he developed. Who knows what he'd be in Akron right now without right. it? You know right. what I'm saying? Like these guys still, when they say, oh, I go to the crib, they don't realize a lot of these guys go to the hood. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? They make good money. They probably take care of their family where they at, but there's some who don't, who still don't have enough to where they can financially secure their whole family. So when they go see other family members, they're going to see other family members where they grew up. You know what I mean? Like, come on, man. Like, it's, it's ridiculous. I hate when people say shit like that. Like, oh, you're a millionaire. Like, how you you won't have that hardship. How not? You got family members that are going to be stopped by cops today. Shit, they're driving a Rolls Royce. They could be stopped. All it takes is the wrong cop to pull you over. Right, and see you in a Rolls Royce and start hating because your car better than theirs. It's true. It's true. But, you know, bravo to them. Boycott as long I as mean, you want. I feel it's, it's it's bravo to them, but I feel like we'll see. You feel me? Because I've, I've been reading things that say that, you know, they're deemed to start back up as quick as Friday or Saturday, um, which to me is like, all right, well, don't call nothing no boycott if it's done in two days. Um... I thought when you boycotted something, you know, you were expecting something to happen in return for you to get out of that boycott. So to see, I, I was really excited to see all them boycott. You know, it was like, all right, cool. You feel me? And then to see these other sports entities, like I said, NFL is the only one that's trash and they ain't really doing nothing about it. But, you know, you got MLB, you know, teams in Major League Baseball that stop playing. That's one thing that I know people are is it's really that that's really making an impact because these are sports that you know from what I've been seeing on Twitter 
a lot of people that really are like that think the way you know people that don't like the whole Black Lives Matter movement. Those are the people that are coming out like, oh, well, NHL and baseball are still on, so it doesn't matter. Da, da, da. And they don't even realize, well, NHL and baseball are following suit. <laughs> NHL yeah. and baseball are also starting to, you know, not play and things like that, you know. So for that aspect, I, I love what the NBA did because it made all these other sports follow suit and take heed on what's going on. But if they were to start playing again Friday, Saturday, then I'm probably going to reverse that feeling just as quickly because I feel like unless something actually happens, if y'all just brought a bunch of awareness or if this was just a, a, something to do so that we could add that to the timeline, like, oh, this year Kaepernick did that and then he did this. And then we, I feel like if somebody told me that before Nels even mentioned it, that well, maybe they did that because Kaepernick did it a year ago. Maybe it was, oh, we could do that on this day type of shit. And it's like... If that's what you, if that's the reasoning behind it, and if you're just gonna up and play Friday, Saturday, and nothing's really happened, you feel me? Like you boycotted so called because of the shootings and then this and this, and you want justice, you want this person to be arrested, that person to be arrested. But if nothing happens, and everybody and y'all just go back to playing on Friday, Saturday, and then these other sports follow suit, then it's like, what was all this for? You know what I'm saying? Like, what did, if nothing, like, what's about to, what's about to change? Like, you're talking, we having owner player conversations. What's actually about to happen? What are they, I would love to, I, I would hate for them to play without saying what actually got, what caused y'all to say, all right, we're playing. And I don't want it to be, oh, well, we talked to the owners and, you know, things are going to get, nah, fam, like, you boycott it. You brought, we're bringing the board boycott back into play. You feel me? Like, Imagine what would have happened if we boycotted the bus system for three days back in the day and then hop right back on that bitch without nothing really being done but some meetings with players and owners. So I I, I, I'm, I love what it's done, what it, how it's looking right now, but, you know, it's like, it seems we seem to never be able to just do some shit fire and just stick and we're like, all right, drive it. It's almost like we do something. And then it's like, so that's short term. Uh, uh, yeah, it'd be short term gains, and then the long term, it don't do anything. It's like, all right, forgot all about it. So that's what I thought. I, I was hyped until I saw like, oh, we might be starting back up on Friday, Saturday. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I thought season over. I feel that. I feel that. So that's my take on it. Um, I feel that. You know, uh, definitions sometimes do get a little misconstrued. I mean, we do call it a boycott. Uh, I mean... Isn't it more of a strike? It's more of a strike than it is a boycott, uh, for the record. Um, It is a player strike. Uh, And the same thing as far as strikes and and boycotts are concerned. I mean, yeah, they do have to agree to something. Um I think that there's a significance right behind when they had that first meeting and all the other teams decided that they were fine with continuing the season and the Lakers and the Clippers were the two teams that decided that they didn't want to continue the season. And apparently the two players that spoke the most were Kawhi and LeBron. Apparently LeBron leaving the meeting. Um, What I will say is I do think that there was changes 
Um, I think at the end of the day, the, the number one point that we miss is that they're still athletes. Um, there's only so much that they can do as far as the overall and overarching social change issues that we're having right now. And they are in a bubble. Um, I think that they know what they wanted to accomplish. I think the whole point is, is that we know that there's a divide between players and coaches and ownership and whatever. And but they really didn't know what they wanted to accomplish initially, though. Say it again? They didn't really know what they wanted to accomplish initially because it happened out of the blue. No, it didn't happen out of the blue. It yeah, was planned. They, they, even, they, t- they said that one team legit made the decision and a bunch of other teams didn't even know about it. I and mean, then even in in meeting in that in teams meetings, people brought up the fact that like, yo, like, why did y'all like why didn't y'all talk to nobody about this? And then Jonathan Isaac came in and spoke up on the behalf of the people that they were asking that questions to, but it wasn't a clear when they initially stopped playing. It wasn't a league wide like it wasn't a, everybody in a bubble wide decision like. And I feel like that's why things, you know, got heated because it became it became a decision of the few. I feel, and then that the that the overall group had to go with because if you like, y'all look crazy to just have one team do that, or two teams do that. It looked wild for a few teams to boy to to not play, and anybody else just keeps playing. Right. Uh, and that's agreed upon. But however, all the teams still didn't play, so I therefore, know. therefore, there's there's still enough people on every team to want to push for some kind of change and I mean before every before all the other teams boycotted these players were still meeting I mean they have footage of these players going to other rooms like the and and every team has a rep so I'm feeling like these were the reps of their teams like Chris Paul is still the president you know what I'm saying like he's meeting with with Westbrook and they're in a completely different room and sitting and talking then they leave the room and then 10 minutes later everybody boycotts so I don't think that was on accident. You know what I mean? I feel like there was a purpose. Um, I think, however, the boycott, from the minute they did, well, the strike, from the minute they did it, it was doing its job. Because nobody ain't got nothing else to watch, really. Sports fans, anyway. So when they create that ruckus and then they're hurting pockets... I mean, initially, that job is, is taken care of. Now, the one thing that I'm looking to also is making sure that the platform doesn't get cold. That's that's my personal opinion. That would be something I would think about. Like, you know, it would be good to yeah, just cancel I, this season on the app. That's what I don't want to see happen is they, they you, you do something and it's fire, and then all of a sudden, boom, y'all get back to playing Friday, Saturday, and then... Back to regular scheduled program. That's what I see. That would be terrible. And I, I feel you, but that's what I'm. I feel to, you, but I'm you on the other said. side. But you just said no. You just I, said I that. You. What I, I said, what you said, is what I'm saying. I don't want I, it to get. I cold. know, but I'm on a. I'm on the other side of the coin with it, though. I'm not on your side of the coin. You want the boy. You want the strike to continue. I'm I saying want, if you had, I want something to actually happen. Before we Agreed. just get back to playing, I want to actually have something visual. I don't want it to be like something behind closed doors that nobody talks about, but we just know that they had a meeting and then all of a sudden they're playing. I would like to see something. You feel me? I don't want it. 
Because if when you don't see nothing, that's how shit go cold. Because you don't see no product. You don't. Yeah, we 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 can't just say something like things happened. I don't expect the players to be the cause of the change. Like I, I don't expect the players to be directly involved in what happened. But we know for a fact that their owners and executives, people that are the the people that run the NBA, have pulled with political figures. Just like the people that are in the NFL have pulled with political figures. So these are the people that you gotta like. I need to be able to know, like, all right, we had a conversation. They're gonna do this, or they're gonna. We need some. I need some. We need something concrete because we never get nothing concrete. It's always like we had meetings, and you know, it's gonna get better, or we're gonna do this. We're we're implementing things. Like I would love to see something before you just get right back into the thick of things, because if you just get right back into the thick of things and nothing happens, and it's like, all right, well, was this really worth it if we didn't really make no nothing pop other than just raise some eyebrows again like the whole year has been doing the whole year has been a, been a bunch of just eyebrows just a bunch of just haymakers so i feel like was it just another haymaker that just we just going with the flow with or is this actual move that seems to be something that can actually generate some real changes i was hyped about it you feel me because like you're right they are hurting people pockets you feel me you're hurting the right people's pockets so you would expect that to start seeing something happen and i just want to see what that is and right now the first thing i'm seeing is that they're about to play again so i hope that so, in that time something has happened and i hope that we're as as general public and civilians or just fans that aren't in those meetings are able to be told something that's worth like being hyped about rather than just so what I was trying to complete was these, the Milwaukee Bucks spoke to the governor of Wisconsin and the attorney general of Wisconsin and was able to get their points across as far as creating a legislative package that does something for police reform. So that, to me, is pretty momentous that athletes are doing that. Secondly... Yeah, but they could have did that without boycotting. I feel you, but in the same essence, it played a part. Secondly, okay. um, George, well, Michael Jordan ended up getting in contact with Chris Paul, being able to address what they need to address... Jordan kind of playing that intermediary, talking to these owners, because these owners are not going to get it. They're not. It's not their problem in that context. So now when you're hurting their pockets, now they want to listen. So you're addressing things. Again, I don't see a lot of these players playing unless something was decided upon. Now what I'm really trying to get to is this. You have a platform. Everybody's waiting to hear what you have to say. If you let this marinate and continue and continue and people get over it, then that message is kind of like, all right, cool. Like, you did what you had to do. Congratulations. Whatever. However, if you play, not saying they have to play this soon, but if you're playing while this is still a topic, obviously questions are going to revolve around, hey, why did you strike? What's going on? What happened behind the scenes? This, that, and the third. It is providing for your platform to be that more influential over the social change that y'all are looking for. 
Right, depending on what you say. Depending People. on what your answer is to those questions. Right. And I'm and I'm again, I'm I have faith seeing and listening to answers guys like Chris Paul and Jalen Brown and Paul George and even Kawhi, because Kawhi don't speak much, but Kawhi said enough. LeBron James, I feel like those guys, when the microphone is put to their mouths, are gonna have a lot to say. Jalen Brown yeah, already they've, they've been talking, but I you feel me? I, I would I would, I'd, I want to see it. Like I said, I feel you. No, that's what I'm I saying. Like, I don't. I feel I don't, like but I don't, they've, been, they've had meetings, haven't they? Met with people, but they don't like you guys. It's like at the end of the day, like playing is one thing, but it's like they don't have to play to have to come to have these meetings with these dudes. You feel me? Like they don't have to play right. Like these dudes are still in the bubble. You could be having all these meetings with dudes, asking them about whatever. You could have all these. You could have these conferences with press conferences or whatever these little interviews is with these dudes. Before they even work, they before they even get the plane. This is true, but in the same in the same context though, here's another thing. Here's another scenario that I'm looking at. I like looking at different perspectives, and I can assure you that there's 32 teams in the NBA, right? Mm-hmm. I can assure 30, you 30 in the NBA. 30. 30 in the NBA. My apologies. Yeah. If there's 30 teams in the NBA, I can assure you 20 of those owners did not think their players were capable of not playing a game. I can assure you of that. Like, well, a lot of times we look at... two of them in the bubble, so that even goes... So we'll that's say probably even, that's probably 14, 13. Right. And, and the thing is, is we look at it from our perspective, and we're like, there's no way these guys didn't think these players would want to protest and not be a part of something after seeing... Something so egregious, and it's like, no, they actually would. That's the reason why I think that the Board of Governors had two meetings. They had the meeting with the players, and then they had that meeting early in the morning because now they're starting to really think about it like, oh, like you actually did it. I feel like owners, bro, I feel like team owners are some of the most arrogant, disattached individuals in the world. I really, I really do. I feel like if you want to talk about real first world problems, go look at team owners. Team owners don't get it. They don't. Bruh, I I don't know if you guys have heard of this app. There's an app called Quibi. I'm not going to keep it, but they give you like a week uh, trial. And one of the things they had was a series called Blackball. And Quibi's like quick six minute, seven minute episodes of shows. So it was blackballed on the whole Los Angeles Clippers, Donald Sterling situation. Listen, that showed me exactly what I needed to see to understand the mindset of these rich white owners. Donald Sterling really felt like he didn't say anything wrong, that he's not this racist, although he's like, oh, like I feed them. I I put food on their table. And they and then you they you think that I don't care or this that and third or whatever or like the fact that he put emphasis on just getting black players, like they mm-hmm. almost that when they were putting that team together, Doc Rivers wanted JJ Reddick, Donald Sterling was vehemently against the signing of JJ Reddick because he didn't want no white players on his team. Mind you, JJ Reddick is a bad he's, that's a bad white ball player right there. That's a quality basketball player, and he did not want him. 
He wasn't concerned about stats, wasn't concerned about what he could bring to the team, the leadership, the veteran abilities, the the, the shooting, the, none of that. He just didn't want him. You know what I'm saying? And, and for you to do that, and then of all people to talk shit about, you talk shit about Magic Johnson? Hmm? Of all people on the planet, on the planet, Magic Johnson? And you got mad because your mistress, mind you, you're married, but your mistress took a selfie with Magic Johnson and posted it on Instagram? You felt a way? And you're not racist? Mm-mm. Really? Like, that's you really believe this, don't you? Because you feel like you quote-unquote feed these players who earned their way to even be on your team in the first place. Because you quote unquote feed some players, you're not racist? <laughs> That's funny. These owners don't get it. So I really do think them sitting down that one game, it's like when you're when when you have a kid and you, you look at that kid and that kid is like, oh, like, if you don't give me what I want, I'm gonna scream. And you're sitting there like, this ain't gonna scream. And that kid gets to screaming, your reaction is, oh damn. This kid really screaming. <laughs> exactly. Like oh, shit, get him to stop. <laughs> and now, understand, these owners are sitting there like these issues isn't that big of a deal. You guys don't need to wear those shirts. You guys don't need those hashtags. You guys don't need to put that on your social media. It's really not that serious. You and then somebody's like, hey, you keep telling these guys no. And they these situations keep happening. They're gonna they're gonna strike. They're gonna sit down. They're not gonna strike. You know how much money I give them? You know how much their paychecks are? Alright, bet. Boom, somebody gets shot. We're not playing. Oh shit. They really not playing. Ouch. Okay, we, we need to rectify like, I feel this. I feel like I'm radical with it. I feel like you gotta really be on some like Hey man. Alright, that shit nice and all, bit. We're gonna be sitting here till that shit happen. <laughs> like I feel that. That'd be some real nigga shit. I feel like we not built, we not fit, we not gonna do that. But I, I get it, you know. Do stay. I, I, I do get the platform aspect. You know, definitely keep using the platform to got to, to every bust chance their heads you open. Get. You feel me? And keep every talking chance about that you shit. get. But damn man, because I would, honestly, I, got, I, I feel like we get, to, we get to the point. We need to get radical. Because the thing is, for it to have started with not even have started, but like. For what we've been talking about as of late, for that, for that as of late that started with really Breonna Taylor, and then uh, George Floyd, Ahmaud, and from Ahmaud, Ahmaud, Ahmaud. all three of those were around the same time frame, and mm-hmm. for all three of those to happen, and from that moment forward, the shit that's been happening since, it's like, bro, come on, like y'all, this these are happening, and we've been out here in record numbers, like talking, not speaking out on this, like globally. Right. And y'all are still sitting here today doing this, like, niggas right. ain't even taking a break. Y'all right. ain't taking a break. No breathers. Y'all ain't even on something like, hey, y'all boys, like, let, no, y'all not even reading the room. America does not read no fucking room. They don't read the room for shit. We've never been like, able to do that. So, like, let's keep shit going exactly how we've been doing. It. So here, so here, so here's my here's another thing about platform. This and I, I watch things and and I don't like saying some of the things I say because I think people don't understand my perspective. So let's talk about. 
a couple of, of athletes who have been outspoken and they're kind of against the grain and where things are now. I look at somebody like Colin Kaepernick, right? Cap right. sat four years ago. Cap got kicked out of the league, can't get back in the league. I understand that what he did was a watershed moment and it will forever change how athletes act in a sporting environment. However, we must admit that the platform that he had when he was getting interviewed and he was saying what he needed to say and he was still playing out on the field is not the same as the platform he has now. Now, does that mean he's not doing anything for his community? I'm not saying that. People love doing that. People love doing this shit to me, and it makes me mad. I understand they doing shit for their community, but everybody does shit for their community. I do shit for my community. It, it It doesn't apply to people who aren't me. Right. It doesn't apply. I can do whatever the fuck I want in my neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? It ain't like no NFL owner going to sit there and be like, you know that Renell Augustin right there? He's changed my aspect on social justice issues. Let's change the world. No, bitch. Like, he ain't paying attention to that shit. So now Cap don't got that platform. Nobody's interviewing Cap anymore. Cap might drop some gear for Nike. Nike got to drop a commercial. Nike got to do an ad. You see what I'm saying? And then Colin Kaepernick comes up for a little bit. We hashtag, hashtag, I stand with Cap, I stand with Cap, and then it dies. Right? Yesterday, everybody was like, oh yeah, Kyrie was right the whole time. Kyrie this, Kyrie that. Everybody owes Kyrie an apology, which we do. We do owe him an apology as a whole because he did mention that something needed to happen. Right? However, Kyrie was the number one trending topic on Twitter. He's not that today. We're not talking about Kyrie today. We ain't going to be talking about Kyrie tomorrow. You see what I'm saying? We ain't going to be talking about Kyrie next week. Because the plat- we need the platform. We need to be able to be in a place where someone who looks like us can speak and people respond. You understand what I'm saying? So that that is why I'm like the platform is important. You have to be able to play your cards the right way to keep your platform hot. You got to be able to get the message out to these people and do what you need to do to get that message across. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Hold on. Congo! Shut up! My bad, y'all. Dog barking for no reason. But, and not for no reason, but still, that's that's where I'm coming from with it. I think a lot of times when I say, oh, like, I'm fine with it being a short strike. And not it being three or four months. It's not because I don't want it. I do want that. But from my perspective, is that really what's going to be best for business? Is that really what's going to get things across the way it needs to get across? Are these owners going to get it? Are these owners going to allow for these initiatives? Like, this is where the NBA can step up. These players, the Players Association, can legitimately be like, all right, we're on this strike. We want to be able to add player initiatives. We want to be able to write whatever the fuck we want on our shoes. Because remember, there was an issue about that. 
There were certain things, certain players on certain teams couldn't put those messages on their shoes. I don't know if you remember that. But there were some players who were like tweeting about that, like, oh, I can't even put my hashtag on my sneakers. Get rid of that. I want to be able to put whatever the fuck I want to put on a shirt. Black History Month needs to be bigger, better, more monumental. We need this, we need this, we need this, we need this. And we'll be back to work tomorrow. Owners are going to sit there and be like, all right, bet. And you want to know what the fuck I'm finna do when it's my first interview? I'm finna sell the hell out. Period. Uh I'm selling the fuck out. Why did we do this boycott? Hey, I ain't gonna lie to you because, you know, there's some people out there in the organization that don't really understand what I'm going through. Don't really understand what we going through. They don't get the plight of black people. Woo, 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 whatever, whatever, whatever. I'm out of there. Do you want to talk about, like, you know, the plays that you made? No, I want to talk about these people in the organization that's doing this and this and this and this and whatever, whatever. Okay, awesome. So we saw this and this and this. What are your feelings about it? Well, there's people in my organization that woo, 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 whatever, whatever, and da, 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 da. All right, thank you for your time. I'm out of there. That's it. That's it. Because what's going to happen is that is going to hit virally, right? We're going to see it on social media. We're going to see it on YouTube. It's going to spread around. You know what I'm saying? Fox News is going to pick it up. Somebody's going to have something negative to say. CNN is going to pick it up. Somebody's going to have something positive to say. But guess what's on? Them. That's what I'm looking at. it, And that's why I'm like, I feel y'all, those of y'all who feel like it should be longer, I feel y'all, those of y'all who see that Kyrie's right, which he is to an extent, but we have to see the other perspective too. Doesn't mean they selling out. Doesn't mean that they're people that are trash and they care about their bottom dollar. Listen, they're going to get paid regardless. They're contracted individuals. They're going to get paid regardless. So we need to get that myth out of the way. That they're not going to get paid. They're going to get paid. It's in the contract for them to get paid. Will they probably get paid as much? Eh, debatable. Depends on your agent. But they're going to get paid. You see what I'm saying? So, mm, I, I like, for what it's worth, since no other league is doing it, I love what the NBA Players Association did. I do. So, I don't know. Tough times, man. Tough times. I don't know if it's going to get any better. Yeah, I was about to say, this year hasn't gotten any easier. Facts. 2020 hitting you with the, but wait, there's more. Facts. So, (laughs) whew. I just need to take a breather. <laughs> no, I feel you. Um, also, prayers to everybody affected by this hurricane that just ripped through uh, Louisiana and stuff. Boy, I heard that junk look crazy. Yeah, hope hope everybody all right. Damn. So, I mean, is that it for the NBA? Uh, yeah, I think that's it, man. All right. Uh, we doing underrated bars of fame? I mean, we, we do every week. This is true. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> oh, hold on. Might as well do. Might as well go ahead and do some Wayne real quick. Why Wayne? Because no ceilings is dropping on all streaming platforms tonight. 
True. Do you have a song in mind? Mm. All right. While you're while you're taking your time to think about that, I just wanted to, I just wanted to um, just give you guys some updates. I didn't see this, but there Taylor Rooks on Twitter said sources say LeBron James was the last player to speak on the call, and he delivered a strong, thoughtful message to the owner. His main point was that the work has to continue, and the owners have to truly dedicate to advancing this cause. Um, another tweet, sources say Michael Jordan has taken a strong position to help owners see different points of views. On today's call, he said he isn't just speaking as an owner or even a player. He's speaking as a black man. The joint call with the owners just concluded. It was 627 today. Sources say players had a list of important things. Players want organizational changes, including a dedicated coalition with full-time jobs to manage the issues, voting, police reform, etc., wanting to be proactive instead of reactive. So. That's what's up. We'll see. We'll see. We will see. Because if not, the NBA is going to be banned from TV, which this week is what I would love for you to do for underrated bars of fame. Which one? Banned from TV. All right. Let's do it. Banned from TV, underrated bars of fame, Lil Wayne. Ayo, it's Wheezy motherfucking, easy with the hating, chum in the building, you just decorating. I'm just detonating, then I get blatant, more dangerous than internet dating. School's got the cameras on, so I gotta show off, I'll put your sister on, I'll knock your bro off. Weezy spit snowballs, catch it in your face. Good game, Wayne man, I deserve a naismith. Cocaine gang flow, dope with the vein flow. I'll only be smoking the purple out the rainbow. Stronger than Drano, your boyfriend a lame-o. And if you stay with them, then y'all in the same boat. Deep water carter, fishing for a dollar. You can join the salad, I'm spitting your tomato. <laughs> I'm splitting your tomato. Ball, ball, cause I gotta. You'll love me in the morning. I told her I'm a king. Them other is Prince Charming. She loved to rock my mic. She said there's nothing like performing. Man, I'm in love with her girl, George Foreman. Forewarning, young money's armed and we can shoot it out. I got the money drawn. Yeah, take that to the bank with you. I rock my hat to the side like I paint pictures. Smoke weed, talk like Lane Kiffin. Whole country in recession, <laughs> but Wayne different. And I'm a Maybach rider. Having drove it one time, I got a cool black driver. Can't walk around with guns, I got a dude that got him. Don't worry if I'm shooting as long as you don't get shot. And I'm a beast, I'm a pit bull. I get my ass kissed, I get my pulled. I'm a beast, I'm a big bull. I got my money right, I got my clip fooled. Yeah, it's like 7 in the morning. Uh, I'm up for whoever the opponent. Uh, stop the track, let me relish in a moment. Now bring that motherfucker back, because I'm going in. I go hard like Raphael Nadal, and if them just worth having, then I bet we'll have them all. And man, I'm so high, it's like an everlasting fall, and I'm changing these hoes like women basketball. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just wild right now. <laughs> going crazy. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, I bet that chopper get his mind right. Leave a hole in his chest like a lion bite. Superhero car like a crime fight. I see big cheese, it gets blind mice. Uh, 
T Street still roll with me. Still sticking to the script like Nicole Kidman. Need the man hit? We are those hitmen. He stopped running. The bullet holes didn't. Uh, basically, I'm still a monster. To the fat lady saying, I come to kill an opera. Y'all too plain. I'm a helicopter. My words keep going like a teleprompter. I'm an asshole. Wipe me down. I get big checks. <laughs> Nike town, bitch. Yeah, mean mug. Bobby Brown shit. And the flag red like clown lips. Uh, T, I can't stop going in. Drop my best shit like the Cowboys drop Owens. I'm the best to ever do it, motherfucker. I know it. No ceilings, goddammit. Now the fucking sky showing. Huh? Eh. Huh? That nigga <laughs> is the goat. Lil <laughs> Wayne, Ben from TV, underrated bars of fame. Yes, sir. Oh that was a good one. God. Good call. That nigga, went, that nigga didn't miss. Yeah, he went. Yeah, he went him. Yeah, he snapped. And I'm charging these hoes like women basketball. <laughs> yeah, he's. <laughs> He snapped. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, so, if anybody got any requests for underrated bars of fame or anything else pertaining to the show, where can the Ball of Holics reach us at, Buddha? On email? Ball, ball sports podcast at gmail.com. What about on Twitter? Balls underscore podcast. And what about on Instagram? Balls underscore sports underscore podcast. Facebook. Ball sports podcast. There it is. So we're we're done, right? Yes. All right. Is it time to get off the Yeah. It is. It is. Look, man, we appreciate y'all for listening to us again for what is it, the hundred and fifty-third time? Fifty-fourth. Fifty-fourth time. Wow. I'm, I'm, we're two weeks away from three years, dude. Um yeah. I can't even listen to any other sports podcast in the world, but you listen to us and we really appreciate that. Just keep listening to us and we're gonna keep giving you this bomb ass material to ride to. With that being said, yeah, yeah, bye, hoes. Silly, little scallywags. <laughs>